Hey, 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 it's Tamika Bright, and you're listening to Pink Conversations, Empower, Inform, Inspire, and it is Wednesday, March the 3rd. We are already in March, third month of the year. Here we go, nine more months left. Yeah, are you ready? Because you know it's going to fly by. And we've been in this pandemic now for almost a year or so, like when things started to shut down, at least on this end, where I am, it was around the third week or so of March. So we're coming up on it. I know the kids have been out of school in this area for at least a year now. So here we go. You know what to do. Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend to tune in to Pink Conversations, Empower, Inform, Inspire. Let's get ready for our Royal Empowerment right here on Pink Conversations, Empower, Inform, Inspire. Our Royal Empowerment today comes from 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 through 17, and I'm reading from the Amplified Version because you know what I like to say, the Amplified Version gets down to the get down, get down. So here we go, verse 16, all scripture is God-breathed, given by divine inspiration, and it is profitable for instruction, for conviction of sin, for correction of error or restoration to obedience for training and righteousness learning to live in conformity to God's will both publicly and privately behaving honorably with personal integrity and moral courage so that is your royal empowerment for today 2 Timothy verse 16 through 17 that's chapter 3 2 Timothy chapter 3 verses 16 through 17 and it's basically telling us that our word or God's word is our blueprint for life so it convicts us for our sins it corrects us when we're wrong to get us back on track it encourages us you know that is what God's word is so that's why it's so important that we engage in his word on a daily basis so that we know exactly what path to take. It's like a map and we need that map in order to get through and to our destination, right? So there you go. So again, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 through 17, your royal empowerment for today on Pink Conversations. I'm excited about today's topic. As you always know, we're talking about Brown Girls Do Ballet. And it's an organization that is in Texas. And I'm talking to the founder and executive director. Her name is Takia. And she founded this organization for brown girls to have representation in the ballet field. Now, take a listen to what Takia has to say on why she started this organization and what this organization is all about. This is Brown Girls Do Ballet with the founder and executive director, Miss Takia, right here on Pink Conversations, Empower, Inform, Inspire. Now, for those that may not know, I did ballet for about 15 years. I did tap, jazz, ballet. I did gymnastics for a year. And you know, I wonder if I stayed with it, would I be like a, a Simone Biles? Probably not. Let's just, let's move on. All right. So, uh, but I only did it for like a year. I was five and I really didn't like it. So, but my mother was very, once you start something, you have to finish it. So she put me in gymnastics. I was five years old. I remember our first recital. We had these like purple leotards on with these little purple fringes. And I had these flesh tone tights on because I didn't know any better. My parents didn't know any better. You should get... T- the flesh tone that match your actual skin, but we didn't know. Um, so I'm out there and our hair was like in this little beehive. Y'all, it was crazy. I remember rolling on the mat, doing like the little forward rolls because that's all we could do with the white gymnastic shoes. Yeah, all of that. And we uh, did our routine to Cherish Your Love by Madonna. That's what I remember. And I was five years old. So yeah, shout out to Miss Wanda K. That was my gymnastic teacher and dance teacher. So after a year of doing that, I was like, I don't want to go back. I don't want to do gymnastics. Let's try dance. And I absolutely loved it. I did tap jazz and ballet loved 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 so and I was the only black girl in that dance studio for a while and then uh then more came but that didn't stop me and Miss Wanda she was amazing like she didn't it didn't matter to her you know she treated everyone the same I love her to this day Uh, she no longer teaches and she no longer has a studio but she is definitely known in the community so I did it. So I was really excited to find our guest for today. Uh, her name is Takia, and she is with Brown Girls Do Ballet. So welcome, Takia. How you doing? I am great. Thank you for having me. I love your story. 
Thank you. Thank you. So I'm ready to hear your story and how this all got started. I saw you or I found your company on Facebook and I was like, what? Brown Girls Do Ballet? What is that all about? Because I also have a niece, shout out to Tiara, uh, who does dance and she is phenomenal. She'll be 14 in a couple of weeks and she does uh, tap, jazz, ballet and she does like the theater type dancing and all and hip hop. And I mean, she is and I'm not saying she's so good, not being biased. And I am, but still, she's really, really good. <laughs> and so it just really spoke to me that you are doing something uh, in this form of ballet and it's for brown girls. I love it. So I'm excited about it. So just tell us about Brown Girls Do Ballet and tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure, sure. Uh, brown Girls Do Ballet began uh, as a personal photography project. Started as a photography project uh, back in 2012. My daughter, who was three at the time, told me she wanted to take ballet. Uh, I didn't know anything about ballet. You all can't see me, so you don't understand that um, mama was not that mama. Mama was not that girl growing up. Uh, I did other things. I was a, I was a book reader. I was a, a, a little bit of a nerd or a lot of a lot of bit of a nerd uh, growing up. But ballet was not on my radar. Uh, I didn't grow up with with everything. And I didn't want to ever stress my parents out by having them pay for something in addition to what I needed. So I never really asked about dance classes or really any extracurriculars, probably until high school when I was able to kind of afford those uh, myself. But um, I always promised myself when I had kids, I would never put restrictions on them when it came to things that they wanted to try. And I heard you say your mom was like, well, no, I pay for it. I'm, you have to keep doing it. That's I, I do the same thing with my kids now. So when my daughter told me she wanted to take ballet, I said, look, I'll pay for it and I'll find the class, uh, but you got to stick with it at least out this tuition cycle, <laughs> basically. So uh, as a photographer and a mom, I'm looking online and I'm, I'm looking for studios where we lived at the time, which is Dallas, Texas. I still live in Dallas, Texas. And one of the things that jumped out to me was I didn't see any little brown girls on these local websites. You have a sea of, of blonde hair and blue eyes and no skin that was reflective of what I saw in my daughter in these classes. And so I thought it was strange, but it didn't occur to me that that was something that was worldwide, that that, that was what, what it was. So we, I got her enrolled in ballet and I was talking to some friends of mine and sometimes photographers take on personal photography projects when business is slow. And so I said, I think this year, based on what happened with Chuck, I call my daughter Chuck, her name is Charlie. I said, I think I'm going to go out looking for dancers of color. And my friends are like hyping me up like, oh, that's a good idea. But I didn't realize, <laughs> I didn't realize that so many other people kind of had this longing to see other dancers. So I put a casting call up on Facebook for the first weekend of the shoot. I was going to shoot it in three cities, Dallas, Houston, and Austin, since those were close to me. And I went to sleep and I woke up. Um, that next day after posting it on Facebook and it had gone viral. And I, I realized very quickly, viral means you don't sleep. So I haven't slept in eight years. It's been a long time. <laughs> and I kept getting emails, not from people submitting to be shot for the project locally. They were from New York and DC and California. When are you coming here to shoot the project? And I was like, I'm not. <laughs> but thank you for your interest. Uh, if I ever do travel that way, I will let you know. And the very first weekend that I shot the project in Dallas, it just, it, it did something. Um, I had moms crying and explaining to me how their daughters were the only uh, black girl or the only 
Latina girl, the only girl in their class that looked like them and they'd been dancing for forever. And so all of them kind of impressed upon me how important this was, but I still was not connecting the dots because I didn't have the dance background. Uh, Everything from uh, shoes and tights that are supposed to be skin tone or flesh tone, not matching brown skin because ballet is a European art form. and, And when you think European, you think white and, and white skin is, is more pink. And so that's the reason those things are the way that they are. And they were telling me all this information and I was taking it in, but I kept thinking like, okay, but for me, it's just a photo project. <laughs> and the next city, Austin shot it, same, same sort of conversation, same resonance, same thing in Houston. And I remember driving back from Austin, just feeling so heavy, not heavy out of sadness, but like heavy in the sense of something needs to be done but it's not up to me to do it. But if I'm if I'm shooting these photos, what can I put out into the world so that other people can be the ones to do something about it? And so I created an Instagram account where I would basically uh, keep parents informed of just my progress with the shoot. And I post little behind the scenes and teasers and things like that. And then people from around the world started submitting their own images to me and it just exploded. And so now uh, we are a full-fledged nonprofit organization organization that provides resources to dancers of color around the world. Uh, we're based in Fort Worth, Texas, which is where I, the city I grew up in, which was super important to me because I always feel like whatever you do, you need to start it locally before you start start trying to put things out in other places. And we provide scholarships. We provide actual physical supplies. We have a point shoe program because I don't know how many of your view, or listeners are familiar with ballet, but ballet shoes and gear are very expensive aside from the tuition in itself. And then we started supplying college scholarships. We have relief efforts to girls who've been impacted by whatever. Uh, They can apply for micro grants, funds all year long. And all of this came out of a photography project. So I still shoot, not as often. (laughs) I run the organization now as the executive director. And it's just, it's been a wild ride. I could have never imagined things would be what they are now. But we have so many girls now that just depend on the work that we're trying to do. And we're still small. I call us small, but scrappy, but we're, we're trying to, trying to do the work just to let people know that, you know, this is what diversity can look like in classical ballet. And this is how you get that next generation of dancers uh, through exposure experiences, taking them to ballet for the first time, paying for those classes, offsetting the cost, and just making sure that they're paired with really good mentors in the dance industry that can help propel them to that next level. Yeah, this is amazing. So you're not actually a ballet school. You're basically an organization that provides the resources so our little girls can go and be ballerinas or whatever they want to do in dance. Now, do you do this just for girls? I know it's brown girls do ballet, but do you service boys as well if they're interested in that? We do very quietly service boys, but of course our name is Brown Girls Do Ballet. Uh, There are two other organizations that are coming up right now that are uh, really focused on assisting the boys, uh, Black Boys Dance 2 and Brown Boys Dance. Uh, They're both two newer organizations, but we've been trying to help them kind of get the name out because there is so much support that needs to be offered in the dance community. And we've expanded beyond dance at this point. We actually have Brown Girls do gymnastics as well. So it's funny that you mentioned that story. But um, we we help whoever we can help with the, the funds that we have. We are still small. People think that because we're all over social media and our and our following is huge, that that obviously equals dollars in the bank. It does not. So (laughs) 
we try to get creative with how we fundraise and how we give our funds out. Um, so yes, we help, we help everyone. I love that. So basically this is an organization that helps get our girls again, like I said, into the dance industry, focusing on ballet. They provide the scholarships they provide. I, I love what you said about the point shoes and because those, the equipment can get very expensive and it's a technique to be able to get on point. And so that is the only thing that I did not get. Um, once we got up until I think it was like the sixth grade, you were able to try out for what they call dance troupe and mm-hmm. you had to know how to be on point. And I just couldn't get it. I just, I remember uh, my dancers telling me my ankles just were not strong enough to get it. And, um, but she still, yeah, but she still let me get, be on troop. I mean, even cause that was the main requirement, but I had been with her for so long. She was just like, you know what? Everything else about you is, it's great. So the fact that you can't get on point, that's fine. We can use you in other ways. And that's exactly what they did. So, you know, when everyone else had their routine of an eight count or so that was on point, I just did something different. And I was totally fine with that. <laughs> I yeah, was totally yeah. fine. So, I think it is definitely a skill. We can do it. Kudos it to you. <laughs> so kudos I, to I, you. I really wanted to feel like even me in this role, because people are, well, you're the founder. I'm like, yeah, I'm the founder, but I'm not a former dancer. So I really wanted it to feel more authentic to me. I wanted it to be part of my personal experience as well. So I actually enrolled in an adult ballet class. And let me tell you, okay, I was over 30 at the time. It was it, it was hard. It was, I've had a personal trainer before. I was wanting to go back to the personal trainer who I swear was trying to kill me over taking that ballet class every week because it is hard. If you think about muscles that you haven't used that were never developed or underdeveloped and having to be in a specific pose for a long extended period of time, I would go home and want to just ice my whole body down. And that's when I knew dancers are a special kind of human. They are not your regular run of the mill. I was born in 1985 people. They are subhuman. I mean, not subhuman. They are like superhuman and they should be considered athletes, to be honest with you, because that's some otherworldly type of stuff. And I, I am a ballet dropout. I'm sad to report. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> my, <laughs> as my ballet teacher told me, you're hip flexors. Like what? I, you know what? I need them this long. Don't worry about it. Don't even worry about it. I'll be all right. <laughs> but then in addition to that, opening up the idea, um, just being in the arts industry in general, that maybe I won't dance professionally. Maybe I won't be Michaela DePrince or Misty Copeland. But what if I can lead one of these larger ballet organizations and create a pipeline for other young girls of color to be able to come along? So we've had quite a few girls that have gone through our mentorship program who decided as they gone, they've gone off to universities, uh, well, I want to major in business, but I want to minor in dance because it still allows you to have that connection. So when you graduate, you can look into arts management. You can look into being an executive director of an arts nonprofit. And you you have that authentic experience that I did not have. Yep, yep, that is, that is so true. But I like how you said, you basically said, okay, you know, I don't have a dance background. This is just something I put my daughter in and I realized that there was a lack there. There was a need. And then not only did you create a program so that these girls can have that need met, but then you said, you know what? I'm going to take it a step further. And in my 30s, so I'm going to go and take ballet. 
like that right there is like, okay, that's what I'm talking about. I mean, that's what you do. You know, you, you find a craft and you, I think it helped you because you, now you were able to know, you're able to know what it's like, <laughs> you know, yeah, so what, what these girls are facing. Conversations now, you know, we, we've, we've also recently launched a casting leg of the organization because I kept getting emails from people saying, oh, I'm doing a video or we're shooting a movie and we need a real ballet dancer. Uh, that taking the ballet class has helped me be able to find better dancers for situations like that because now I know what to look for in the dancers that I'm, I'm possibly sending out on these casting calls and I'm giving other people an authentic experience. We've seen several commercials. Uh, one of my favorite uh, videos is a Sierra video where she has on point shoes. The point shoes are not tied properly. I was scared for her ankles the whole time. So we're kind of, we're, we, we, we're starting from the top, the, the first experience and we're going all the way down to mainstream media because I want you to see ballerinas of color as a mainstay. I don't want to have any more conversations in five years about diversity in ballet, but then I want there to be longevity, consistency, and I want it to be accurate. And so uh, we've, we've, we are basically, I call them our brown ballerina army, but we're training up our army to be able to just go out into the world and do this. So a lot of those conversations won't exist anymore, but there will probably always be the conversation about creating uh, equity and making sure it's a, a fair playing field for those girls uh, because it's expensive, honestly. The yeah, it is, especially if you want to do the training and you want to do it right. So I encourage anybody out there that has children or even if you, you know, like my girl here, it's a kid and you over 30 <laughs> or in your 30s, and you want to get into it. Hey, I encourage you to do it. I was telling my friend the other day, it's not about when you start. It's the fact that you start something. So, you know, that's what you have a desire to do. But especially for your kids, if you know that your um, little girls are trying to get into this, I would just encourage you to do the research to see what studios are out there. I know now with the pandemic, it is a little different, but there are some studios that are allowing classes they're doing in-person classes and they're also doing online classes as well so I would just encourage you to do the research and don't let if if you don't see a representation of us don't let that be a discouragement because sometimes you got to be the first one to get in there so that there can be some of us represented so but um if if you obviously and that's a, a good way to teach studio owners oftentimes because sometimes it, people aren't people aren't being discriminatory because they want to be they don't even realize it's just it's a pure ignorance and it's not, and when i say ignorance i don't mean the negative connotation of it they just don't know any better and so you need those bodies to take the chance and say okay you know what i don't see myself here at all but i understand that they're turning out top notch dancers and i want to be one of those top notch dancers so i'm going to go here and then you you find those teaching moments and you'll be able to you'll be able to communicate with your instructors because that's something else that we talk about internally as well. Um, communicating with your instructors to, to help them understand how my hair, my 4C hair does not go into a ballet bun as fast as hers over here. I need to know a couple of days ahead of time what you want my hair <laughs> You are so right about that. That is so true. That is so true. That is so true because you know a lot of dance groups is like that. You know, you have to be uh, uniformed. So things have to look alike. So you're right. And and with ballet, most of the time your hair is put up in a bun. And so you're right. You got to make sure you got enough packs of hair or whatever to get that in the bun if you already have it. Recitals in our house are about, it it takes us two days to get ready because that first day we're washing hair and then we're going to stretch it, right? You got to band it, stretch it before we can get it into that proper bun like your teacher wants because we like to do things.
things right in accordance with what the rules and regulations are. Uh, and that next day, we're, we're, we're slicking down all of that. And I, I, I'm sure it could all be done in one day, but I did not come from... I, hair hair ministry is not one of mine is not one of mine let me just be honest so it's a two-day situation then we get to the recital and, and we're good to go we look just like everybody else you know except for skin and and we keep it going just like that but uh, there are so many different ways for for even young people to provide those teachable moments for these people who have been in power for a long time in the ballet industry um, and I you can literally start from your hair and go down to your feet there's so many negative stereotypes about dancers of color. Uh, our hips are wider. We develop faster. Uh, we have bad ankles and bad feet. All of those things are stereotypes in the dance community. And while there may be some validity to some of those things, everything can be worked with. I think those are, are conversations that will always need to be had. But just from an introduction standpoint, I think we're getting really close to a lot of these organizations realizing, okay, we messed up. We have not been inclusive, but teach us how, right? And and the young people are leading the way. Let me tell you that. They are not playing at all. And like you said, it's it's not ignorance in a negative sense. It's just the ignorance of what the definition of ignorance mm-hmm. is. And that's just mm-hmm. you simply not knowing. Um, because yes. sometimes I know we can look at certain groups or organizations and be like, well, dang, where are the black girls at? And it's like, well, if they don't try out, then they're not there. And, th- and that's the thing. And we don't know. We don't know how many have tried out. If there's only two tried out and one made it, okay, well, two tried out. But, you know, if you've got 15 that tried out and only two made it, that's a problem. But if you don't have enough people that have tried out, you know what I mean? So sometimes Sometimes you, you've got to look at that as well. I know I love the Rockettes. I absolutely love the Rockettes. Like I don't miss a year that they do their Christmas spectacular, even though it is the same show every year. I watch it like it is different this year. They did it differently. Um, You know, they showed it on TV, which I was excited about. They've done that before in the past. But, you know, this year they showed it on TV and I got to go. I can't even remember the year that I did get to go and actually see them in person. But I was so excited and I always ask, like, Dane, where are we at? And if we're there, we're so fair-skinned. It's like we really yes. blend yes. in. I, I think they have, you. like, three now, and one is yeah. a captain. They are having a lot of conversations internally about that. Um, I, we just shared an article yesterday. I think they found 63 Rockettes of Color throughout time. Oh, wow. I didn't even know. Wow. And I can't I want to say her name is Jennifer, but don't quote me on that. I need to look that up. Who was the very first Rockette? And that was like back in the 80s. Mm-hmm, they just mm-hmm. did an interview with her on their Instagram page. So I was like, wow. Like, you know, so it's just it's coming. You know, it may be taking a while, but it is coming. It's magnified. You know, last year, um, aside from COVID, just the general unrest and revolution of so many people saying, you know what? Enough is enough. I don't see myself in this space. That's not okay. Let me tell you about my experience that I had in this particular space and why it was not okay. So many people sharing their stories, I think had it was, there were a lot of organizations that had to, had to like look in the mirror and say, oh, wait, okay, that did happen. But I didn't see what was wrong. Oh, that's what was wrong. Oh, yeah. Oh, and then so many people were embarrassed. But I think a lot of the events that happened last year needed to happen to be able to create change. And so while there hasn't been like an immediate change, right? There's not, it's, it's not immediate. It, it causes them to have to look at the way they cast, the way they audition, uh, the way they even get the word out about the auditions. Because that is probably a huge factor in why you don't see a lot of us represented in those spaces. 
this. We didn't know about the audition. What did, what did I need to prepare for it? I needed a headshot? Okay, where do I get a headshot? It's so many levels to this whole situation. But I think a lot of these larger organizations now are looking at it and taking it down to like the, the lowest the lowest of the foundation and trying to figure out, okay, how can we help them here? get to where we need them to be here. Again, we're talking to Takia from Brown Girls Do Ballet, and it is an organization that provides resources for our girls to do ballet, to do uh, gymnastics as well. They're starting with uh, gymnastics coming up as well. They provide scholarships. They provide uh, the material that's needed for you um, to actually go out and, and do ballet, to do dance, and they are a small nonprofit organization, so they could definitely use the help with the fundraisers and donations. So tell us how people can get in touch with you to provide donations and just seeing what you have going on. Yes. Okay. Of course we, we love donations. They're amazing. And we, and we stretch them as far as we can. Uh, you can always come and visit our website, which is browngirlsdoballet.com. Uh, we also have browngirlsdoinc.org. That's also where you can see, uh, the scholarships that are just general scholarships open to everyone. Um, the gymnastics leg is obviously browngirlsdogymnastics.com. And, uh, you can always, donate on any of those websites we are uh like i said small but scrappy i have an amazing team of people who who all started out as at least volunteers for the organization and seen it since its infancy and want to see it grow and they really push me to um continue to just keep spreading the mission of what we do but then also provide lots of outreach wherever we can so i think a lot of people often think it's it's just about dance it's not really about dance it's getting young people where they want to go. And it just happens to be in this particular industry, we're working with ballet dancers and gymnasts and the like. Uh, We do have um, plans to roll out a third leg of the organization later on this year that would be focused on STEM as well, Uh, because we have a lot of girls who could use a lot of uh, introduction to coding and and all those sorts of careers that are making a lot of money and super useful, especially in, in light of pandemic and people being at home. And so we want to make sure that we get those girls the support that they need as well. So again, it is browngirlsdoballet.com. You can go to that website, uh, browngirlsdoinc.org, and you can go to that website as well. So you can see everything they have going on. You can see their scholarship programs. You can make the donations. This is a good cause, and I would definitely get behind it and support it 100% because these are for our babies, our future. Like you said, our babies, they're stepping up. Yes, And they they're are. making they things are. happen. And we want to see this program grow like you said we don't want to have the same conversation five years from now as to why we are underrepresented because that's not the case so well that's the point of this this organization so that it's not going to be the case in five years so I definitely want to thank you so much again for taking your time to talk about your organization and what you guys do again browngirlsdoballet.com go on that website and uh, get more information about what they're doing make a donation if you're able to uh, so that you can help these young ladies pursue their dreams because that's what it's about this is a dream that they have and we just want to help as much as we can so again Takia thank you so much for being a guest and I cannot let you go without playing our game so random okay you ready so without telling you what it is you want to (laughs) play 
I do. I do. Okay. I do want to play. But she want to play, y'all. She'll even know how it works. So here it goes. Okay. All right. So 10 seconds. 10 so seconds. we're playing. Okay. Yep. Okay. 10 seconds. We're going to play so random with my girl Takia from Brow Girls Do Ballet. And the time will start after the first question. You just say the first thing that comes to your mind. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. Ballet or tap? Ballet. Butterflies or dragons? Dragons. Math or poetry? Ooh, Times. Poetry. <laughs> <laughs> that was time. What was your last? I said math or poetry. What was your what was your um your answer for that one? Math or poetry? I said poetry because I you used said, to write horrible okay. poetry in high schools. I got a little poet in me. Okay. <laughs> there was one question. I was I should have asked this one first. So I, I'm gonna get your your first answer to this. If you was a pilot of the plane, what would you do? I try and land it safely. <laughs> Hey, I I asked this question to my last guest two weeks ago, and she was like, I'd fly the plane. (laughs) It was just so funny. I was going to ask that again. We're already up in the air, and I've been thrown into the cockpit. I'm going to try and land it safely. So (laughs) There you go. I think that's the best thing to do. That was our so random with Takia from Brown Girls Do Ballet. She's our guest today uh, for Pink Conversations, Empower, Inform, Inspire. Thank you so much again for being a guest on the show. Don't forget to check her out at browngirlsdoballet.com or browngirlsdoinc.org for more information about the organization and how you can help get our brown girls into this field of ballet. So thank you so much again. Thank you. Thank you. It's Pink Conversations Empower, Inform, Inspire. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. Can't leave you without that pink combo thought. I know I've said this before, but it bears repeating and we said it throughout the show and I've been saying it throughout the week. So here it goes. It doesn't matter when you get started. You just have to get started. All right. So whatever it is that you want to do, I encourage you to get out there and do it. We are in month three of the year already. So what are you waiting for? There are no excuses. You've got this. Be sure you tune in next week. Every Wednesday, there's a new show of Pink Conversations. You can find it on all of your major podcast platforms. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at Pink Conversations underscore Tamika Bright. Also on Facebook at Pink Conversations and my page at Tamika S. Bright. And I should have did this in the beginning, but I do have an announcement to make. Uh, Well, you're going to have to wait until next week. It's big. I promise you. It's huge. So make sure you tune in. Until then, you know what to do. Stay purpose-driven and passion-focused.